Hey everybody, welcome to Come Follow Me Daily Dose. I'm Lindsay Hansen, and today is November 2nd. Before we jump into this week's Come Follow Me block, I want to wish my mother-in-law a very happy birthday and hope that she has the best day ever. So as we take a look at Mormon chapter 7, it's interesting because Mormon chapter 7 is the final words that Mormon is going to write. Later on in the Book of Mormon, we're going to see words from him, but those were words from letters that Moroni placed in the Book of Mormon. These are actually his last words that he's taken the opportunity to write down and to share in the Book of Mormon. Now, that's interesting and significant to me because the Book of Mormon starts out with the title page, which was also written by Mormon. And it's super interesting because if you look at the title page of the Book of Mormon and you read this chapter, his very last words, the messages are almost exactly the same. Both testify of the Book of Mormon and its importance. Both testify that the Book of Mormon wants to teach about the great things that the Lord has done. Both things teach about the incredible covenants that God has made with his children. And both talk about how Jesus is the Christ and what that means for us. We talked yesterday about verse 2 and how Mormon told the people that he wanted them to know that they were of the house of Israel because he wanted them to understand the covenants and the promises and the blessings associated with that. But today he's going to talk more about Jesus Christ and what the Savior has done for them. In verse 5 he says, Know ye that ye must come to the knowledge of your fathers, and repent of all your sins and iniquities, and believe in Jesus Christ, that he is the Son of God, and that he was slain by the Jews, and by the power of the Father he hath risen again, whereby he hath gained the victory over the grave, and also in him is the sting of death swallowed up, and he bringeth to pass the resurrection of the dead whereby man must be raised to stand before his judgment seat. And he hath brought to pass the redemption of the world, whereby he that is found guiltless before him at the judgment day hath it been given unto him to dwell in the presence of God in his kingdom, to sing ceaseless praises with the choirs above unto the Father and unto the Son and unto the Holy Ghost, which are one God, in a state of happiness which hath no end. And then Mormon gives the condition to that state of happiness. He says, therefore, repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus and lay a hold upon the gospel of Christ. Now, first and foremost, I love that Mormon kind of summarizes and condenses the great things which the Lord has done for his people. He explains that Jesus is the Christ, the son of God, that he was slain by the Jews, that he was raised by the father, and that he's gained victory over the grave. And truly, as Mormon points out in the title page, understanding those things, understanding who the Savior is and what he has done, is one of the main purposes of the Book of Mormon. President Benson once said, Much of the Christian world today rejects the divinity of the Savior. They question his miraculous birth, his perfect life, and the reality of his glorious resurrection. The Book of Mormon teaches in plain and unmistakable terms about the truth of all of those. It also provides the most complete explanation of the doctrine of the atonement. Truly, this divinely inspired book is a keystone in bearing witness to the world that Jesus is the Christ. 
Now, I love that last sentence where he says, truly, this divinely inspired book is a keystone and bearing witness to the world that Jesus is the Christ. Because Mormon echoes that same sentiment. He talks about the importance of the writings in the Book of Mormon as a companion to the writings in the Bible. In verse 9, he says, for behold, this is written, meaning the Book of Mormon, for the intent that ye may believe that. By that, he's talking about the writings of the old world or the Bible. So the Book of Mormon is written for the intent that we will believe the Bible. And if ye will believe that, meaning the Bible, ye will believe this, meaning the Book of Mormon, also. And if ye will believe this, ye will know concerning your fathers, and also the marvelous works which were wrought by the power of God among them. And ye will also know that ye are a remnant of the seed of Jacob, Therefore ye are numbered among the people of the first covenant, if it so be that ye believe in Christ, and are baptized, first with water, then with fire, and with the Holy Ghost, following the example of the Savior, according to that which he has commanded us, it shall be well with you in the day of judgment. Amen. So again, he's reiterating those same three points of the title page the great things that God has done for his children, the covenants that he has made with his children, and convincing that Jesus is the Christ. So we see that again, his main purposes for writing. But I love how the scripture says, look, if you are going to believe the Bible, then you need to believe the Book of Mormon as well, because they testify of each other. President Heber J. Grant said, all my life I have been finding additional evidence that the Book of Mormon is the greatest witness for the truth of the Bible that has ever been published. So many people who love and believe in and read the Bible, as we do, believe that the Book of Mormon can't be true because it contradicts the Bible. My friends, it does not. The Book of Mormon does nothing but support and testify of the truths found in the Bible. And according to this scripture in verse 9, the Book of Mormon was written for the intent that we could believe in the Bible. Our Father in Heaven has a law of witnesses. He has always used a law of witnesses. 2 Corinthians 13 tells us that by the mouth of two or three witnesses shall all his word be established. Why should we think it's any different with the scriptures? Why would we think that God would just offer one witness of his Son, one witness of the greatest event and life that has ever been on this earth? If his law is that he will establish his word by two or three witnesses. It only makes sense that he would offer us multiple witnesses of the reality, the divinity, the miraculous birth, the infinite atonement, the death and the resurrection of his son. He's not going to set aside the law of the witnesses on the most important thing that's ever happened on the earth. Of course he's not. The law of the witnesses includes works of scripture, and the Bible offers an incredible and an important first witness of Jesus Christ and who he is and what he has done. But the Book of Mormon offers us a second and equally important witness. President Nelson said, The Bible and the Book of Mormon are both witnesses of Jesus Christ. They teach that he is the Son of God, that he lived an exemplary life, that he atoned for all mankind, that he died upon the cross and rose again as the resurrected Lord. They teach that he is the savior of the world. Scriptural witnesses authenticate each other. This concept was explained long ago 
when a prophet wrote that the Book of Mormon was written for the intent that ye may believe the Bible, and if ye believe the Bible, ye will believe the Book of Mormon also. Each book refers to the other. Each book stands as evidence that God lives and speaks to his children by revelation to his prophets. Love for the Book of Mormon expands one's love for the Bible, and vice versa. Scriptures of the Restoration do not compete with the Bible. They complement the Bible. We are indebted to martyrs who gave their lives so that we could have the Bible. It establishes the everlasting nature of the gospel and of the plan of happiness. The Book of Mormon restores and underscores biblical doctrines. My friends, I testify that truly the law of the witnesses has been evoked when it comes to scriptural accounts of our Savior. The Bible prophesies of his coming and witnesses of his life lived in Jerusalem. The Book of Mormon acts as a second testimony of him, expounds ideas and doctrines of the atonement and of resurrection, and helps us understand more plainly and clearly who he was and what he did for us. My friends, I testify that as we read the Book of Mormon, our love for the Savior grows. We come to know him more, we come to love him more, and we come to trust in his grace and mercy more. Thank you so much for listening today. If you're enjoying this podcast, make sure to follow us on social media, subscribe, like, comment, or share. This has been Come Follow Me, Daily Dose, and I'm Lindsay Hansen.